Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Quick break to tell you guys about NFL Game Pass, the only way that you can replay every game all season long. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. So every game that we're talking about right now, you guys can rewatch it after the fact. I'm going to be going back, and you guys can too. Go check out Lamar Jackson in week one. Go check out Dak Prescott and what that Cowboys offense actually did. Go check out Kyler Murray and his NFL debut. That's my favorite thing about NFL Game Pass. You can go back and watch at any time. And if you haven't watched a condensed game yet, you have to try it out. It's every play from the game back to back to back, so you can replay an entire NFL game in the fraction of the time it normally takes. It's how I'm able to follow all the MVP candidates, all the breakout stars, and, of course, your waiver wire pickups all season long. To see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Just sign up now at NFL.com slash NFL. Welcome into the PFF NFL podcast. Steve Palazzolo here with Mike Renner. Here for the draft, man. How's it going? It's going well. It's been a good week grinding tape. Yeah, you've been in you've been grinding into it. Tape. I've been getting after it a Get, little bit. Getting all your takes Trying on get Twitter going. and everything. Yeah, yeah I, we should probably pick apart your Twitter timeline. I don't always give you compliments because, you know, you you run hot and cold. You've got some good some bad to your game. Yeah, I take weeks off. But you you do. You do. But you've had a good week, I think, as far as takes and Doing Thank some you. good work over here appreciate that. at PFF. So, yeah, I'm willing to give you compliments when, uh, when, they they're, deserve it. when they're deserved. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So today, um, you notice Sam's not here. Mike's in because once a week now, pretty much, mm-hmm. once a week here, we're going we're gonna to talk draft. We're going to um, you know, spin this forward. NFL draft in a few months. Of course, it's Senior Bowl week, so we're going to focus on the Senior Bowl. Another programming note, too, we're going to be starting up our Sirius XM weekly show they're giving us a weekly show to discuss the draft for two hours on friday nights that's the fr- i know right part. the friday night one starts in a couple weeks so be sure to check that out sirius xm nfl channel 88 two hours seven to nine every friday night starting in uh two weeks from this friday um but this week we're going to be on there about four or five times i think previewing the senior bowl much like yeah. we are now so be sure Ask to check that out bartender if you're at the bar to turn it on over the speakers oh yeah we definitely want to listen to serious uh mm-hmm. XM NFL radio over the speakers. I love it. Um, so let's let's discuss the Senior Bowl. That's yes. what we're here for. Um, let's discuss it broadly, real quick, mm-hmm. because I, I think some people overrate it. Uh, I don't know if people always know what they're looking for there. What are your thoughts on the Senior Bowl as a whole, and what we can what what, what can we actually get out of it? I think it's very valuable. I, I will say I put a lot of not an absolute ton of stock in it, but I think it can tell you a lot because you'll see guys over the course of the season, whether it's, I think it helps a lot on offensive line, cornerbacks, that sort of thing in terms of they might not face a guy who's going to play in the NFL ever. You know, a tackle like, uh, I don't know, 
Brian O'Neill last year might not have faced a single edge rusher that was uh, you know, capable of playing at the NFL level. And at that point, if you're shutting down guys who will never play in the NFL, it helps a lot to see then them play against guys who are all going to be playing in the NFL and how they stack up there because there is a big difference. And I think it just helps in terms of getting that on tape. If you're dominating other guys who are going to be in the NFL, that's a good thing. If you're on the other end of the spectrum where you're getting dominated, that's a bad thing. Kind of in the, If you're in the middle, then, well, I mean, you, you have your tape to fall back on. So I think if you're at one end of the spectrum, one way or the other, I think it is valuable. So it's the extremes mm-hmm. that you're looking at here, right? Yes. Um, because I still think you know the the film is 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 king, and the more our guys are running through the numbers, so to speak, our uh, you know our data scientists over here, everything that they point back to is big data. And the thing I'm looking at with the Senior Bowl is this is small data, right? Yes. These guys have had hundreds of pra- thousands of practices mm-hmm. in their life, and we get to see three of them. And I know it's against the better competition and all that stuff, but we're going to take three practices and project that forward into an NFL career. That's the part where I get a little scared. But I do like what you're saying as far as, hey, look, we want to see all this stuff on tape. And if you didn't get to, if you didn't get to see this pass rusher against a good tackle or this receiver against a good cornerback, you do get to kind of mm-hmm. bridge that gap there. So, And, and I think, going back to your small sample size take, I've seen everyone, This just we're going to talk about this later, but everyone's talked about, oh, Andy Isabella questioning his hands. He has three drops array this week on maybe like six or eight targets, whereas this whole season he only had six drops six, on 116 right. you know, whatever, 110 uh, catchable passes, which which one are you going to test more, the bigger sample size over the course of his you know, four years at UMass, which said he had good right. hands, or this here where he has three drops already? Yeah, and we'll, we'll get into some more of like the, the do's and don'ts around draft season, but you know one of my don'ts is the whole I was there scouting and oh, just yeah. how... You overvalue it. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's just how... Con- think about how conceited that is. I was at the game where this guy was really great, therefore I'm going to weigh it heavier than the other 12 games that this guy played. That's absurd. Yeah. So we just have to make sure we don't do that with the Senior Bowl stuff. But let's discuss. Um, let's start with the quarterbacks. The, the QBs aren't as exciting of a position as maybe they were last year because there was far more QB needy teams and there were five first round picks, all of whom, mm-hmm. you know, were, were, well, I mean, they were first round type too. of players Baker was there and too. Baker was there. We had a clear number one this year. I don't know. Dwayne Haskins versus Kyler Murray. I feel like they're battling for that number one mm-hmm. spot. Neither of them is in mobile. Neither of them. They're not uh, in the game. They should have gotten Kyler into the game, by the way. He wouldn't have gone, but yeah, they should have gotten him into the game. It would have been fun. He should have just it would have been better it. than Tyree Jackson being there. It would have been. And Mix Trace McSorley, obviously. Yes. Which we'll touch on. Agreed. So <laughs> let's let's just go through let's go through both teams and the quarterbacks. Um, so on the South roster, it's Will Greer from West Virginia, Jarrett Stidham from Auburn, Tyree Jackson from Buffalo, and Gardner Minshew from Washington State. Let's start with Will Greer, because mm-hmm. in my note it says he should be the best QB down there. <laughs> but after two days of watching practice, that is not the case. It's been the worst quarterback performance. His day one performance is the worst I've seen anyone actually perform at the Senior Bowl in terms of just all his throws. He worse made, than Luke Falk? He or made, am I thinking the about funny part was he made one throw, and it was to uh, his receipt, Sills. It was to David Sills. The one deep ball throw. That was that a nice throw, yeah. It was to David Sills. So the guy on his team at West Virginia was the only time he hit a ball all day long that was even remotely challenging of a throw, and he just whiffed on some easy ones, too. It was just about as ugly as it gets. So Greer's disappointing as far as this week goes because he's a guy that we that we have seen generally as a potential first-round pick, mm-hmm. graded really well for the last two years, top 10 in the FBS and adjusted completion percentage. Not a perfect prospect by any means, but um, he was the guy I thought in this setting should have stood out, and we're not really. We're seeing the complete opposite. Yeah, I thought he was the most accurate, the best combination of accuracy, and arm strength of all these quarterbacks here. 
the accuracy has just not been there. It's not, not been there. It has not been at all. And so when you look at the roster, so the North roster, which we'll get to in a minute, has these intriguing prospects. And it looks like the South was kind of like Will Greer and a bunch of question marks. Now it's just all question marks because a lot of question marks. you have Jarrett Stidham. He was at Auburn, you know, ton of screens at Auburn. He had one year at Baylor where he showed a great deep ball as a true freshman, mm-hmm. but he just hasn't developed. He's another toolsy, good arm, can make NFL throws type of guy, which, mm-hmm. you know, these all got, we hate saying I don't that. think he makes NFL throws, though. It's, he has a big arm, but that doesn't mean he makes NFL throws. He was actually awful, I feel like, at NFL throws at Auburn in terms of his ball placement. All over the place. Yeah, I guess you could just say that about any QB. He <laughs> makes NFL. Everybody's Hackenberg made a couple NFL throws. Stidham's supposed to be able to make NFL yes. throws, and yes, he did not. But he did not. That's do where a whole he struggled the most. To be honest, over sixty percent of his yards came after the catch at Auburn, and that's not all on him. It's a lot of it scheme based. But, but it also means he wasn't he wasn't making the throws down the field. No, he wasn't there. Yeah, he wasn't. And I always come back to what Zach Robinson, our QB guru, likes to say. Sometimes you could say this guy's limited by the scheme. And then other times you're like, well, the scheme's limited limited because of what he can and can't do, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what I feel about Stidham right now. He had first-round hype and never came close to playing like that. Yes, correct. Um, so then let's get to Gardner Minshew, Washington State. It looked, he kind of took that offense to the next level this year, but I don't think he's anything more than a backup say, at the next level. He's the perfect quarterback for that system. He's the perfect college quarterback, but he just does not have the arm strength again his average depth of target was 6.6 yards which is i mean that, that's alex smith territory that's just no one wants that in the oh, there's just so no many one covets and, no one covets yeah. that that's just not you know being able to hit a check down accurately will just, only get you so far just checking our notes he's got uh he's got the highest grade so far in one-on-ones he though. he's been very accurate with the football and that this, that this will, will be come part out, that will come out in the one-on-ones but again the arm strength is when it shows up against zone yeah. coverage, against you know actual defenses, more than one guy being out there in the field. I thought he played better than Luke Falk this year. Luke Falk, who played in that system last year, a little yes, banged up, and Falk had a, a pretty poor arm throwing outside the numbers. Minshew did advance that system a little bit. All of these senior bowl numbers, by the way, will be a part I mean, he's of... He's drafted, we're not calling them that, but we're talking about guys with legitimate first, second round. No, no, Minshew's not in that mix. Yeah. The... Um, the Senior Bowl grades, because remember, we're grading every single player and every rep at the Senior Bowl. All this stuff will be a part of the draft guide, all a part of PFF Edge when it comes out. We're looking at early March, by the way. A lot of people have been asking about the draft guide. When is it coming out? We're going to do uh, two versions. One's going to be early March. One will be early April. So you guys can get all the Senior Bowl play-by-play results and grades and all that fun stuff in that version. Um, and then the last South quarterback, Tyree Jackson, He's just too tall, Mike. Six <laughs> seven two fifty. He's just too big. Too tall. I mean, Brock Osweiler, Dan McGuire. Erratic is probably a better way that's, to describe it. That's the bigger issue. So again, going back to Zach Robinson. Every time a guy gets hype, you know, Zach's got really good takes, and a lot of them match up with what we what we see. And every time I went back and asked him about Tyree Jackson, I was like, "Look, this guy's getting more buzz." Yeah. And, and Zach always goes through the tape with an open mind he's like all right i rewatched with a complete open mind and i still don't see it it's a and, poor man's josh allen a poor man's josh allen he's just Which, too inaccurate i mean poor man's josh allen josh allen's we're already starting, yeah a poor man we're starting off of food stamps there if we're <laughs> close hey Al, allen did allen was as advertised all these all the rookie quarterbacks were mm. um i don't want to say all exactly what we expected across the board but there was a lot of yeah I mean, college stuff that carried over yeah right so Tyree's just got too many accuracy concerns. He had the third worst adjusted completion percentage in the FBS last year. And too many turnover-worthy plays with 19. Mm-hmm. Now the north side has a few more intriguing quarterbacks, plus Trace McSorley. Um, 
Drew Locke of Missouri. <laughs> so true. Uh, he's a guy that has truly gotten better in all four years. If you look at the PFF grading, that'll be in the draft guide. Every single year, it's gotten better. When I watch him, he's the guy where I'm like, oh, he's growing on me. And then I'm like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, no, yeah. wait, I kind of like him. And then, oh, what are you doing? That's where Drew. That's where I am with Drew Locke right he now. He has that terrible habit of throwing off of just clean pocket, throwing off platform. Uh, yeah, I hate it. Which is a bad... It just that gets exacerbated because that affects your ball placement so much, and right. then that bad ball placement gets exacerbated at the next level, and those turn into picks far more often than they do in college. Right. So he makes a, he made a few off platform throws where you're like, okay, there's the arm talent yeah. that everybody's talking about. It's great. It drives me nuts though that he's off balance on, like you said, clean pocket stuff. So he really needs to clean that up. That's what I was looking for this week is the general accuracy and footwork. Did have 33 big time throws. We'll say the accuracy has looked. Good though this week. Yeah, yeah. The one on one has been there, and the actually arm strength. You can see that combination is there. Do you think Locke ends up in the first round? I do. Yes. Yeah. I, I think he ends up going there. I'd feel more confident about him ending up there than Daniel Jones, even though at the moment people seem to be. I would agree with that. Jones. I would agree with that. I would also rather Locke because every year I say those mm-hmm. the class of two thousand four QBs need to be replaced. Right. This is like the fifth year I've been saying yeah. find that next guy. The Giants we know need a quarterback. I would rather Drew Locke go to like the Chargers or the Steelers. I know the Steelers just drafted Rudolph, or the Saints, or just a team that's going to develop them. Yes, right. And I know the Saints don't have a first round pick, um, but I'd rather see him go to a place where he's going to develop. Mm-hmm. Um, let's discuss Daniel Jones since you brought him up. The other guy getting first round hype, I think, in large part because he's six five two twenty. But and career I, grades, Mike, sixty five point seven, sixty one point eight, and then eighty two. Point two. And I will say, I can see why the scouts are high on him than Locke and why I think you know he's getting more of the buzz right now. It's because pocket presence is there. He is stepping up, taking shots while he's throwing regularly. He looks like, you know, he looks like an NFL quarterback when he's standing there in the pocket. Now the ball leaves his hand, and all of a sudden he stops looking like an NFL quarterback. <laughs> but the accuracy and inconsistency is there, and he also stares down receivers a ton. I mean, yeah. you look at his turnover-worthy plays uh, over the course of the season. He had 14 of them pretty high number but it, they're all just coming from he's staring at one you know read one safety comes over the top you know he's just getting balls picked because he's staring down far too often yeah and so i wrote down nick Foles, and i tweeted this out a few weeks ago that he did remind me of nick Foles because so what you just described that ability to take a hit while throwing and having that nfl body while doing it like that is pretty impressive like there's some yeah. good stuff in there but that does remind me of Foles a little bit, both the good and the bad, as I'm watching Daniel Jones Jones film, and I don't know if that's... I know Nick Foles won a Super Bowl and all that stuff, and I'm not saying they're perfectly equivalent players. I'm just saying there's stuff on film that reminds me of Foles from a good and bad standpoint. My concern with Jones is that he's never... He's just never put up a dominant grade. That's not a first-rounder. And I will say, already, he's... I don't want to say he's a finished product, but he was under one of the best quarterback gurus in David Cutcliffe. That's true. All of college football. So he is as developed as... You know, there's not. He's had four years there. He's a red shirt sort, junior. Yeah, exactly. So there's like already sort of. I don't, I don't want to say he's already reached his peak, but at the same time, he has gotten as good at teaching as it. There's not like things you can clean up, and all of a sudden he gets a right. lot better. Uh, Ryan Finley, another name over. You know, NC State. He's like a 12th year senior because he started at Boise State. Had red shirt years in there. He's been around forever. Uh, my big question for him has always been arm strength. He's graded pretty well on our system. He struggled when he had to play better competition, and he struggled really driving the ball outside the numbers that's a big concern at the nfl level yeah we've talked a bunch about how 
arm strength is not as important as accuracy. Accuracy is king in the NFL, mm-hmm. but at the same time, there's almost a, there's a threshold for arm strength. You cannot have a noodle and play a quarterback at a high level in the NFL, no matter how good your timing is. And I think he is not quite at that. He's threshold. just on He's, that. He is. He is close. very debatable. You know, Kellen Moore started a level where Ooh. it's just not going to. You're not going to be consistent down the field. It's just going to be you know those windows close a lot faster, and I'm not sure he's he has enough. Have we ever discussed the idea of an average arm? So an average arm in the NFL, but it doesn't mean it's the median. It doesn't mean it's like 16 or above it, 16 or below it. Like an mm-hmm. average arm in the NFL, what out of 32 starting quarterbacks, like 28 at least have an average arm. 30. You know what I'm saying? This this would happen in baseball, I think right? That's different. You're, Defining average differently, but this is, <laughs> no, no, but, but, but you, you use the mean. scouting yeah. term yeah, average, yes, yes right, for, yeah, and the scouting term average. So this this happened in baseball. I had an mm-hmm. average major league fastball at ninety, but it didn't mean I was right dead smack in the middle. I was actually at the lower end mm-hmm. of fastball velocity, yes. throwing ninety. That's kind of how arm strength is in the NFL. Like average, really kind of the way it's described, really kind of means like that's the bare minimum, yeah, unless you're exceptional like, yeah. at other things. There's maybe like two or three guys. There's only like a, a couple guys below average that you'd even describe right. as like below. Cody yeah. Kessler's below. Like there's yeah. there's only a few guys that are that mm-hmm. are below. Um, and then Trace McSorley, um, he had the lowest straight accuracy percentage, ball location, and all of our charting mm-hmm. out of all the guys that are at the Senior Bowl, even lower than Tyree Jackson. Too many question marks, I think, with McSorley as a passer. Yeah, yesterday uh, throwing to. Uh, Penny Hart, uh, five-yard out route, he spiked it in the dirt. From the slot. Five-yard out from the slot, he put it in the dirt. Not even close. Just not consistent enough. Then he did the hand clap like, oof, you know. Yeah. I'll get him next time. Well, our lowest, so we have Tyree Jackson right now. Tyree Jackson is our lowest graded Mm -hmm. quarterback. Then two days. Over two days. Two days of practice so far. Tyree Jackson, then Trace McSorley, and then Will Greer. Uh, Will Greer really struggled in the... uh, in the one-on-one stuff yeah it was that that first day it was just yep so that's where we are with the quarterbacks it's not as exciting of a quarterback class i think when you look at all these guys drew lock is the one guy i could kind of see as a first round pick i'm not sold on daniel jones those are the two and um i'm sorry i I could still see will greer i'm not ready to write off will greer will greer drew lock don't see maybe it was sick i don't know it's a bad day but it was a bad day so not ready to write him off, but as sick as you he didn't help him. He didn't help him. As sick as you there. right now. Don't I'm not me. sick at all. You can't get me sick. I'm waiting. We're still waiting for the call. By this is the fourth straight podcast. <laughs> Have not had the baby yet. If you guys are keeping track here, I still at the fourth straight podcast. I've had to keep the phone on the table just in case. And just so you it's know the different. protocol, if Kelly calls me and says, "Hey, we're going into labor," I finish the podcast. You finish it. In That's fact. it. It's all on you. All right. So let's get to the offensive and defensive side. At the Senior Bowl, guys, we're looking at guys that are we've already seen. Uh, let's start with the pass catchers on the offensive side of the ball. Is this where we let you just uh, give your Andy Isabella love? We can. Is it time if we want? I mean, I thought we we're going to do that later. I thought I had a speech. We'll prepared. save no, it for later. No, we don't have to save it for later. But I, he's. Let's start it now, and then we'll circle back later. Through as two well. days, we have met a hundred percent win rate on his routes. So he's won every route. However, I mean that's only nine routes. This is why we're talking about small sample sizes. Nine routes. From the slot. However, he's dropped three balls on those that rounds. That is hilarious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but look, it's, it's a bigger, it's a bigger deal. So here's, here's the thing. He finished the year with a PFF grade of 93.2. That was by far the highest in the nation. He only had the six drops all year, like you said. Passer rating of 129 when targeted. He had such an exceptional season. This is the guy we really wanted to see this week, or one of the guys we wanted to see. Because when you have a smaller school guy, a guy from UMass, 
you want to see him go up against these corners and how it translates. Mm-hmm. Um, if the biggest thing in the NFL that you keep saying is getting open among wide receivers, you're not yes. inventing anything new here, but I think when you just reemphasize it and you think about it logically, like it just makes a ton of sense, right? Just get open. I don't care if you're 6'5", 6'10", or 5'5", just get open. Yes. You're going to catch at least 90% of your passes anyway, right? Like the drops aren't that Jeffrey, big yes. of a deal. Yes. So Isabella shown that he can get open. He did it on tape. So that's, that's important. It's a good, it's a good number. And... I do think he's also run pretty much solely from the slot, whereas he was running a lot from outside at UMass. Over you know majority of his routes came not as a slot receiver there. So uh, I would like to see him go outside because I think if you're going to draft him highly, you can't just solely leave him in the slot all game long. You're gonna have to if you're gonna draft a guy in the first round or you know early second round. You want him to be able to be on the field. You know all, every you snap. want him to be able, want him be be able, able field, to do everything. You know, 60, yeah. 60 to 70% of the snaps, you want them on the field every single snap. We there haven't are seen ways that yet, but I do think that. there are ways to, yeah, exactly. Like what Tyreek Hill does uh, in, for Kansas City, what Brandon Cooks does for the Rams, I, I think those are, I don't want to say great comps, but I think you can see that sort of, uh, he has that level of athleticism. I'm not putting him on the same par with those guys, but he has that level of athleticism to where you still take a chance on him. So here's the thing with Isabella. He's the short short-looking slot receiver, but he is fast, Basically. right? I mean, he's supposed to run a sub-4-4. Four, four. We've seen videos... Claimed to run a, have run a 4-2-6 really? training. That's what he said at the podium. I'm just going to stick with sub-4-4. Four, four. Yeah. My concern with Isabella, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't see that elite speed on film all the time. I just disagree. I think he does. I think he has a second gear, too. So when you compare him... So in, in the past, we've, we've seen John Ross. Would Ross run a 4-2-2? Four, 4-2-2. Two, two? Four, two, two. And that showed up on film. Yes. Will Fuller ran 4 3 So that showed up yeah. on film. Like there was over and over and over again, John Ross and Will Fuller just ran past people. Is Isabella doing that over and over again against lesser NFL competition? Corners. Against lesser competition? Oh, lesser competition. I, is he, oh, yeah, did he I, even I, do I it at US? I thought he did. I, did. I didn't see enough plays where he just straight up looked that much faster he than went everybody. for over 200 against Georgia. Yeah, Georgia. I'm aware. I saw it. One of the best secondaries in the country. But here's the the thing I like about him more is I think he tracks the ball really well. Mm-hmm. He he. I think he knows how to set dudes up, set yeah. set corners up to get you know to get open. He goes. He lets his route. Sometimes dudes get re- redirected right when they're running. Mm-hmm. When they're running, he know, he gets to where he wants to go running yes. his route. There's a lot of good things about him. I just don't know if he truly is that good elite. Moves. I think. I'm. Not, I think he is an elite athlete. I think he's going to test like one. I do worry about his catch radius. If you have a guy over the middle, just he has short arms. He's under five nine. He's not going to be able to Need get an to a lot, a lot of, yeah, get yeah. to a lot of off target passes. But I think the separation he creates itself is if you pair him with an accurate quarterback, it's not going. That's not going to be that big of an issue. What about Sam? Sam's concerned because he watched every one of his targets yesterday too, like we did. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam's concerned with him getting off press. He saw press a handful of times. It, I mean, press is pretty much the biggest concern with every college receiver translating to the NFL. Not a lot of guys are adept at it because one, not a lot of guys see it, and it's just the cornerbacks are more physical. You get the long cornerbacks in the NFL. You just don't see those in college. So even if you're good beating press in college, it's not. It's a different animal once you get to the NFL. And, I mean, we've even seen – I went through and watched all of Brandon Cook's snaps against press coverage this last year. He's not consistently beating press coverage, but it's the sort of uh, – it's the risk there of you do whiff on a guy like that and you're done. You know, you if he does get a clean release against you, right, you have right. no recourse. You can't catch up because they're too fast. And Cooks is still obviously a very productive yeah, NFL receiver. Um, 
this goes back to like the whole scouting thought of don't focus on the negatives too much and mm-hmm. you know believe in what he what, can, do. What he can and do. Right? He did not play wide receiver in high school. He didn't play until late in his freshman year uh, at UMass. So he's somewhat newer to this. Interesting. Um, so I w- we will circle back to Isabella. I'll let you mm-hmm. give your little speech on where you would take him okay. on your comparisons and all that fun stuff. So he's one of the pass catchers. Um, one of the other guys I was interested in seeing is Debo Samuel from South Carolina. He was uh, very good in our grading system in 2016, played only a few snaps in 2017, came back this year, had another solid season, forced 21 missed tackles after the catch, almost 10 yards after the catch per reception. He's got some of that wiggle as a route runner. Um, so again, we keep talking about it's way more important to have these receivers who get open and guys like Isabella and Debo are competing against these big monster receivers who have a lot more hype in this draft class. But are these the more valuable players for this draft class right now? I had, I'll be honest, I had not seen a lot of Samuel heading into this, but I really liked what I saw in terms of his releases at the line of scrimmage. A lot of shake in his routes, and I think you trust that more than I trust the big guys at the next level. Like you mentioned, I think I'll take my chance on the guy who has that innate elusiveness you know 21 broken tackles this year on only what was it 62 catches yeah, it's right. about the best rate in the nation in terms of yep. you know, breaking tackles after the catch i'll take my chances on a guy like that rather than a big guy who's you know sunning all these 510 college corners i'll take my chance with a guy who can already beat press coverage because he's that sort of has that sort of uh you know shake in his routes anyone else that's standing out as as far as pass catchers go or uh, penny hart was for? good also georgia people, state kid people talked a lot about him versus isabella because they're the two slot guys there yeah he has a lot of shake in his routes but it's, it's this was kind of the interesting thing he hasn't dropped a ball all practice long all week long yet he was the one who's over each you know full season of his career has had over a 10 percent drop rate which is in the concerning territory that that's showed up that's three, a lot more of three straight seasons yep. or not three straight because he missed one of the years in there but three of his full seasons in in college he had bad drop rates so right. that's when it gets concerning and then uh anthony johnson from buffalo the other guy um i wanted to keep an eye on the big receivers we're talking about we're talking jj arcega whiteside from stanford we're talking Nikhil harry mm-hmm. we're talking both old miss guys aj brown dk metcalf these big receivers who were you know you wonder about how well they separate i think anthony johnson at six two plus is kind of in that in that discussion at least i think he runs routes pretty well for a big mm-hmm. guy plus he knows how to use his body and shield and and all that stuff and he's having an okay week so he got far missed a lot there at buffalo what's that he got missed a lot as well at oh he did yeah. with tyree with tyree throwing to him but I, you know i think he can um he uses he's got that combination of pretty good route running plus mm-hmm. um the body control type of thing has not had the same win rates as though the guy we mentioned or the guys we've mentioned so far. He no, the lowest get, of them. Again, it sounds yeah. so obvious, but just get open as yeah. far as receivers. And I think the NFL gets this more and more. And it goes with the opposites for cornerbacks. Like you don't, you just want a cornerback who can cover well. You don't need to have this six one, six foot two prototype. And we saw the NFL. We saw DJ Moore go in the first round last year as a receiver. We saw Denzel Ward. J.R. Alexander, we see smaller receivers and corners going in the first round. Calvin Ridley as well as not. Calvin Ridley, right. Means, yeah. We want guys that get open, and we want guys that can cover the guys that can get open. I mean, that's that's the NFL, the NFL passing game. So um, let's. you want to move to O-line? Let's move to O-line because running backs, I'll thing. say this. Let's discuss there's, the running backs quick. There's just so little to glean from right. the senior ball running backs. Someone had a good week. That honestly means nothing. One, because they've put more on tape. Running backs put more on tape than basically any other position in college football. They are 
getting the ball 300, you know, they've probably gotten the ball 500 plus times at this point in their career. That's a very big sample size to be able to evaluate what they've done. They've probably, you know, gotten 50 to 60 targets, good sample size to evaluate what their hands are like. I think running backs, this means the least out of any of the positions. I, I will, I'll go back to what you said earlier, though. The extreme examples, I thought Kareem Hunt two years ago did a really nice job at this game but in one-on-ones. did very well. When he was an actual but player. he was good so, yeah, as a player. Right. Yeah, um, I thought last year Jalen Samuels from NC State showed a little bit. He showed that he, you know, he could be a mismatch type of guy against linebackers because he, mm-hmm. you know, he's a tight end slash fullback slash slot or whatever. So every now and again, you can have a guy stand out, but this isn't the place for running backs or linebackers really uh, yeah. to show a whole lot. So I was gonna say both those guys, you saw that already. You saw it. They're both no, that's that true. Sort of threat. So. Just just confirmation bias. All right, let's get to the offensive line. Now, these guys, you get to see one-on-one reps. You get to see a little bit of run blocking and Mm -hmm. team drills. You do get to see a lot. And, you know, you've got a pretty wide-open offensive line class this year. You've got Jonah Williams, who, you know, we both agree is is probably the best tackle in this class coming out of Alabama, potential top-10 pick. After that, I don't think there's a consensus as to who the next tackle off the board is. And I don't think there's a first-round guard or center that everybody's like, hey, this is the guy. Am I missing? Is there somebody that... There's no Quentin Nelson no, in this I think, class. I, think, I don't think it's a bad class, though, by any means. I think there's a lot of talent to be had in the second, third rounds. But, yeah, like you mentioned, there's not a guy after Jonah Williams that I could pit, you know, could point to and be like, yeah, he'll at least be a solid NFL starter. I'm not right. sure there's really anyone that is at that level just yet. But there's a lot of guys we like on this list for sure. And I think this is the deepest position at the Senior Bowl and the deepest I've seen offensive line talent be yeah. uh, down there in Mobile. Well, let's start with the guy I like a lot, uh, Dalton Reisner from uh, Kansas State. He's graded unbelievably in our system. Four straight years of really good grading. Has uh, I think it was like 26 or 27 pressures over four years, mm-hmm. um, which is just incredible. You can't always use those numbers, but I mean, it just, it just highlights what he's capable of and played right tackle at Kansas State. I don't... Th- he's not like your... Uh, dancing bear perfect you know tackle prospect but man is he strong he's got good length that he knows how to use it's not just always oh, got long arms i'm really interested in watching reisner in a lot of these one-on-ones and how he does against uh guys with really good burst yeah he reminds me of jack conklin because he's not perfect Ooh, he's yeah. not terribly fleet of foot his pass sets aren't going to win any awards at the yeah. moment but like what you mentioned his punch is so deadening his hands are so strong i go back to the mississippi state game when he lined up against Montez Sweat the entire game for the most part and really only lost once. I mean, Montez Sweat did not look great and that did not have a great game. He, for the Is most that the part, the play where Reisner got tripped? No, I don't think play he got where tripped. he got stood he up just, and he tripped. He got taken to the outside. I mean, Montez yeah. Sweat's length is difficult to deal with, but he, for the most part, shut him down in that game. We have a text, but it's not, it's not from Kelly. We're good. good. It's not from Kelly. No, so with, with Reisner... Um, you made you made a comment about Chris Jones of the Chiefs, which, by the way, we, we'll we'll let you have like a full victory lap episode ah, during draft season because okay. you wanted to put Chris Jones of the tw- of the Chiefs as like a top three player mm-hmm. from in the draft a couple years ago, and and that's what he's been. He's been outstanding. Thank but you. you made a comment about him a couple years ago where you're like, man, it doesn't look like he's doing a lot with his hands. But it looks like he's just like tapping a guy and he just then, there's pop, mm-hmm. like there's power there. That's how Reisner looks when he gets his hands on people. They stop. He stones yeah. people, and he does really well against length overall with guys like Montez Sweat. Mm-hmm. You just didn't get to see him a whole lot against like the bendy, Fast. you know, Gumby well, type of pass rushers that have great speed. No, Big 12. Pass right. There's not a lot. So, <laughs> so that's what I wanted to see from Reisner this week because I think he's in the first round mix. I put him in the first round in my last mock draft to uh, the Bengals, yeah. and I think he's in that mix. 
I just need a little bit of confirmation against some better pass rushers. Yeah, we just actually have to see it because the Raiders have screwed up their film and we haven't gotten to actually watch their one-on-ones for the North. They are supposed to get us the <laughs> film, Mike. They're supposed to get the film to us so we can Oops. grade the one-on-ones, and we're not seeing it yeah. come in yet. What about any other offensive linemen and tackle? Let's start with tackles. Any tackles that we have to keep an eye on? Andre Dillard is interesting because he's been very good for Washington State the past handful of seasons and is the first guy to really come out of Washington State a tackle You know, since like Mike Leach has been there. That actually projects to tackle at the next level. Everyone seemed to be these undersized, fleet of foot, uh, you know, not terribly strong offensive tackles. Joe they, Dahl. Yeah, they don't yeah. You know, emphasize run blocking there. They don't even really practice run blocking. They don't ever get in three-point stances. He is the first one who actually has the size, the length, the athleticism, and the strength to actually hold up a tackle. And I think so we have actually graded the Souths. He's done fairly well, you know, only uh, on his eight reps in one-on-one so far this week. He's the second-highest graded tackle there. Yeah, he's interesting because the Washington State system is uh, – it does – help our in our grading a little bit as far as pass protection goes but he does have three straight years of elite pass blocking mm-hmm. grades and sometimes it's tough to sort out the system players from non-system players but dillard has been good for for multiple years now mm-hmm. uh what about on the interior of the o-line anybody in particular um i'm looking at chris lindstrom uh boston college nate davis out of uh charlotte you don't see charlotte Am yeah I? charlotte he's he looked i didn't get to see so we haven't graded their one-on-ones but i did see on the NFL Network coverage, he is very strong. Might be the strongest base in terms of any of the guards there. Davis he, has. Do you remember? Um, he played Brandon? tackle there for a while right. before switching to guard here. He's going to he have that next level. That really deep guard stance. I don't know. I don't know. Well, we'll have to rewatch. Maybe it was the. I can't remember if it was the other guard over <laughs> there. Somebody had like the old Brandon Moore. Remember Brandon Moore, Redskins and Jets. He had this ridiculous, Still terrible. Well. You're losing me. You can't talk was, about past NFL stuff. It was stuff. like seven or eight years ago, Mike. Yeah. That's How old are you? 28. Wow. All right. So that's yeah, before your time. All right. And then the two Wisconsin guards, uh, Michael Dieter and Be- Bo Benchwal. Benchwal, yeah. I think both uh, both have sort of NFL traits. Both have very big hands. Uh, Dieter, 11 and one-eighth inch hands, which is, I think, it's bigger than yours, Steve. I mean, they're enormous. I think I was like, I was. what was DeForest Buckner? He was like Buckner 12 was and a quarter or something. I think he was 11, I thought, DeForest. Oh. Just 11 flat. So I think I'm up in DeForest ter- yeah. territory. Um, the other uh, somewhat interesting name was Max Sharping from uh, Northern Illinois, another guy who graded really well for us, kind of a longer or you know tall tackle there. But like when you watch him and Reisner side by side, he just doesn't have that same type of strength and just domination in his hands. He'll, um, he lost some reps against Iowa against some good pass rushers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where, when guys put up really good grades at, say, the MAC, this is a big week for them, and I really wanted yes. to see him in some of the one-on-ones as well. One, one last name to throw out, the guy who has the highest win percentage on the South team so far, Titus Howard, Alabama State. We obviously don't have any data on him because we only grade the FBS, but one eight He's of his 10 reps on the yeah. offensive line. That's a good, good percentage for offensive linemen, and I think a handful of those came against Montez Sweat. The Elon kid, too, had a couple good couple good reps in there against one of our guys that has disappointed. Mm, don't say it. Anything else offensively that people need to keep an eye out for? We're just trying to give you guys, you know, if you're looking for receivers, if you're looking for linemen, if you're looking for, you know, whatever you're looking for, we're just trying to give you guys some names. I'll just add, I do think the offensive line class, very deep down in Mobile. Watch those one-on-ones if you can on NFL Network. You're there. They're in. Uh, they're insightful. I'll say. All right, there we go. So let's get to the defensive side of the ball. Um, again, I think it's it, it, so much of the one-on-one stuff is important. So we'll talk pass rushes. We'll talk secondary, and we'll just 
give two seconds on linebackers that might have you know yeah. something to show. But let's start with the pass rushers. This is always your specialty, Mike. You've got your, you know, you love the trench play, love the the D line play. Mm-hmm. Give me some names to watch as far as pass rushers so go. So I think Montez Sweat, we already touched on him, Mississippi State edge rusher. He could feasibly be the first guy drafted of anyone down in Mobile. He's 6'5", 6'6", in that range, 35-inch arms, extremely long, little stiff, not the most explosive, but his bull rush was one of the best in college football this past year. Had a ton of sacks there at Mississippi State. Uh, definitely a guy to keep an eye on. I will say I don't see him as a first-rounder. I don't even see him as a second-rounder at this point. I think he's limited in terms of what he can do athletically. When he went up against a stronger offense tackle, like I mentioned, the Dalton Risner game, he, for the most part, got shut down. I think his length is only will only get him so far at the next level. I don't see him being a plus sort of pass rusher that you take early. So I definitely, so I agree with you on not first round, in, in mm-hmm. part because of, of how many other edge rushers he's competing with. Mm-hmm. And just how many defensive players uh, all along the defensive line that are that are going to show up in the first round, but the grades match that as well. We were talking a low eighties PFF grade, mm-hmm. which um, and it just doesn't. And he was a it's just not dominant enough. He was part of a heavy rotation there. He was pretty much always fresh. Played a little over fifty percent of the snaps there at Mississippi State. So he's not a, like a guy like Zach Allen at where he's just not coming off the field and you're going to have bad reps because while well, you're tired at some point in the game, he was always fresh and still did not produce at the level you would like to see well let's discuss zach allen from mm, boston college let's because he's one of the guys that you know we all we talk every day about who you're watching what are you seeing and yesterday you're saying it's zach allen first round zach allen first round i wholly believe that i'm not saying top of the first round i'm not sure he's an elite talent he's not exceptional athletically but he is as strong as it gets in this defensive line class he's a plug and play run defender right away which again doesn't have a ton of value but it is still has some and i do think as a pass rusher he's already fairly well advanced uh, he had a big year this past year even though the sacks didn't really tell the whole story but he one did not come off the field he played 107 snaps against wake forest early in the year That's which crazy. is absurd and his last 10 snaps in that game it looked like he had played 107 snaps he was just completely ineffective but the fact that he played that many in and of itself was pretty absurd. Almost 90% of the snaps the last two seasons he's played. I think he is just a guy that is going to, he might not wow you too much, but I think he's going to be a solid, solid NFL player. So, yeah, his uh, he came into the year uh, with a very good run defense grade. People were talking about him as a potential first-round player, and we said, look, we want to see that step forward as a pass rusher, and he made it. He mm-hmm. did take it uh, this, this past year. 280 pounds. At defensive yes. end, like you said, that oversized D end. And when we talk about safe players, versatile, and that has some versatility because he still can hold up on the outside and then kick yeah. inside as well. Well, the, the the safety part of it, like you said, is like if you're at least getting a good run defender out of it, that just mitigates a little bit of the risk. Yes. If you're at least going to get some quality snaps out of a guy, even though it's not what you want, mm-hmm. so, so a team that wants to be a little bit on the safer side might want a, a guy like Zach Allen. Um, let's discuss some of the undersized guys. Mm-hmm. O'Shane Zimenez. Yes. From Old Dominion, and Sutton Smith from Northern Illinois. Two guys who graded really well in our system for multiple years as pass rushers, as run defenders, especially Sutton Smith. Both guys coming in under two. Uh, Zimenez was 241, was yes. it? And Sutton Smith at 234. That's what do we small. do with these guys? That is too small. If you are not a freak athletically, if you're not Von Miller athletically, if you're not at that level, you can't play in the NFL under 245. You just can't play every down of the NFL at 245, and you're just not, it's not going to translate nearly as well because everyone 
at tackle is long enough. Everyone's just good enough to where you see a lot of their wins in college, and it's no one even touches them because they're so quick, so much quicker than those offensive tackles. No one's getting you know clean strikes on them. Those cl- anytime you do get hit by an offensive lineman in the pros, it just deadens those sort of guys. They just don't have the you just don't have enough. You don't have enough counters. You don't have the bull rush for them to fear. And all they have to do is just stand in front of you. And I, I just don't think that's going to translate for either of them. Yeah. So they both uh, graded extremely well. Um, hit or miss. Sutton Smith, more of an off-ball linebacker here. They're letting him pass yeah. rush a little bit, but they're trying to see him as an off-ball linebacker. These are the types of players, though. If I'm an NFL GM, you know, we, we believe in our grades. We believe in our grades translating at the next level. There's obviously cer- certain athleticism thresholds that are probably important. We're still studying all this stuff, Mike, right? Mm-hmm. There's still a lot to look into here. These are the types of guys I would look at in the middle rounds, though, and say, okay, can I make something of them? Because if my whole thing with the undersized rushers, a Sutton Smith or a Zimenez, can, can they do enough as an off-ball linebacker? Can they be a sub-package player? Yeah. Can they be a guy where if, if, if I can scheme them up against a running back after they beat college tackles over yes. and over again, can they be effective in that role? I think that's where you have to look at these guys. That is, I mean, the prototype for that was Joe Schobert, who turned from yeah. edge rusher, you know, three, four outside linebacker at Wisconsin to off-ball linebacker. And it's not one of the best off-ball linebackers in the NFL because it's still, at the end of the day, taking out blocks. It's still football. That's still a good majority of your interactions as an off-ball linebacker. So he's still going to be good at that, but he's just not going to be – they're not going to be good at going one-on-one against an offensive tackle who's 6'8 with right. know, 36 inch arms. And the thing I always say about pass rusher, there's, there's 32 teams, there's 64 pass rushers. You have to be one of the best 64 pass rushers in the world, mm-hmm. right? And there's, you have all of these NFL prototypes and guys doing it. It's tough to crack that top 64, so to speak, and just yeah. in broad terms for these guys. But I think there are roles for these guys. And uh, you know, I still it's an interesting week for them to see what they mm-hmm. do against these NFL tackles when given a shot anyone else uh, as far as the d line well i mean i think goes? we've got to mention jalen ferguson as yep. well the who's another i mean i think he just gets into this category himself because he's louisiana tech uh with 256 64 i just don't see him being uh he didn't have anything but a bull rush in college that was his one move and he at six he is explosive he's a poor man's marcus davenport in that regard but marcus davenport ran you know a four or five nine i think at the freakish combine, and had 30 you know six inch arms and was 265 pounds this is a poor man's version of that which marks davenport still struggled to consistently bull rush at the nfl level right away i don't necessarily see ferguson who you know i think he broke the ncaa sack record because of how good he was at that level he didn't need to either add another move which i'm not sure he's necessarily capable of or he might be an off-ball guy himself i think he's a mid-round guy as well more of a mid-round type of guy and then uh, you know as far as the big boys in the middle Dalen Mack had a few reps that really stood out he's a Texas A&M kid had a really good true freshman year he's a five-star player if you go check out his highlight film on YouTube it's him as a running back (laughs) a 300 plus pound running back it's spectacular but he was really an underachieving five-star player at Texas A&M but he had a couple eye-popping reps this week as far as Mm -hmm. showing his power and little fire hydrant type of uh, bull rush yeah yeah, he is interesting because he's sort of quick in a small space, but then once you see him in space a little, it doesn't look nearly as quick. It looks a lot, lot slower. He's not going to test well athletically by any means. Reminds me a lot of Andrew Billings coming out, hmm. the uh, Baylor defense tackle, who I just think you're going to be limited in the NFL in terms of what you can do. How he can bull rush. He bull rushed you know, Ross, Ross Pierschbacher back a handful of times this week. He has showed that he can do that. 
But at the same time, I'm not sure he's – we saw – I don't think he's nearly as good as you know, Vito Vey was coming out. We saw how right, much right. he struggled to consistently bull rush. He's just different at the NFL level, and he is a guy who's going to be very limited athletically, Mac. All right. Let's. Uh, any other defense? Uh, anybody we miss? On I say Boggs is interesting name from Alabama because they he two, shrank like three inches. Two gap there a lot at Alabama, and he's not necessarily projects as two gapper because he's two ninety five and has really short arms. So that's not what he's going to do at the NFL level. He's looked better in, in the one on ones from what I've seen in terms of when he just gets to penetrate. He looks like a different player than from what we saw at Alabama. So that's interesting name just keep an eye on who could move up because he's been fairly solid this week. Those Alabama guys are tough sometimes because yeah they're. They're asked to do slightly different mm-hmm. things than what they're going to do at the NFL level. Um, and most of their big defensive tackles have at least been productive at the NFL yeah. level, not necessarily all superstars. We do think Quinn and Williams will change that this Hey-o. year. Um, all right, let's get to the secondary. Uh, you know, the more we talk, the more we study, this is the most important position on the defensive side of the ball. Cornerback, the most important position. Uh, we, do you see all the leaks with the Browns this week, yeah. by the way? Did you see their little... Uh, their mantras, it was uh, their guardrails. They called them the Browns guardrails. Did you see that at all? Okay, I didn't. I didn't get that far in the article. So it was a leaked. I have no patience. Yeah. It was a leaked image, right? Yeah. And I'm assuming this came from like Sashi Brown, and it's got quotes from Deep Podesta, and it's mm-hmm. like, "Here's what we're looking for in the draft. Here's how we want to build a team." It's kind of like their axioms, things to live by. And there's a section there, and it says positional value: QB, cornerback, pass rusher. Really? Confirming the stuff that our uh, data nerds have been saying, but. They so that's weird to me because my biggest criticism of Sasha Brown that whole era was they drafted one cornerback. Yeah, well, all those picks. Maybe they updated this after he left. I don't know, but <laughs> that, it, it leaked. Either way, it leaked. It may yeah, have come from whatever Deep that Podesta. was. But that was my biggest criticism of that whole era is that just they never addressed corner and they really did have. Maybe they maybe that was intentional. Maybe they were like, we want to stink, so let's not even address corner. And, and then so, we st- and then yeah. we address it when we get the right guys. Well, then last year we, we kept saying change. Yeah. Denzel Ward over Bradley Chubb. That's the right move. They did it. So they started. They finally did start to live by it last mm-hmm. year. So the point is, um, cornerbacks ex- extremely valuable. But they're also tough to find sometimes. Correct. So anybody, who are we looking at this week with as far as corners go? Who can really turn some heads? Rakyasin. Temple. Chris Boyd. Yeah. Texas. Amani Oruwarie. Oh, you got it that time. Those Aruwarie. are those are the Penn State. three guys who have graded extremely well for us this past season. Uh, the latter two, Boyd and Oruwarie, fantastic length, fantastic size. And they both two. feel like some projection is there. Some Boyd. projection, but... Oruari is very smooth for a guy six one with you know thirty three inch arms. That is yeah. prototypical size and the prototypical sort of hip flipping ability that you like out of the corner position. Have seen some really good uh, ball skills from him at his mm-hmm. time at Penn State. Rocky Sin, really just a breakout year for him at Temple. There's some reps with him and uh, Penny Hart going at it head to head that were that were pretty good. So mm-hmm. when you see Rocky Sin, who's got some pretty good size himself, going up against some shiftier receivers and sticking with them. Had some nice reps against Anthony Johnson as well, the Buffalo receiver that we talked about earlier. Chris Boyd was just so hit or miss at Texas. Yeah. He had a game in 2017, and I heard other analysts say, man, if you guys watch that game, it's the best cornerback game you'll see, and it was like a 90-plus grade in our system, but he just had so many games in the 60s as well. So there's mm-hmm. so much inconsistency with, inconsistency with Chris Boyd. I would say buyer beware on him only because if you do watch – the right game or the wrong game, it's going to skew perception mm-hmm. one way or the other. That's yeah, my I agree with that. My thought there on um, on Boyd. Uh, anybody else? Or, you know, we've also got uh, Nasser Ad- Adderley from Delaware. Yeah, the safety class is interesting. 
Yeah. So we have some safety. I mean, he's taken some corner reps as well because these guys are always going to interchange. And he's take, he took some corner reps at Delaware as well. Do you think he's just such a freak athlete that he could play corner? Or somebody's going to look at him at corner at the next level? I think he could. I think he, I mean, he did there at Delaware for some of his time. Uh, I think he is a freak athlete to what he can do. But I think I'd rather put that. There's so many freak athletes at corner. And they're crap yeah. out. If a guy has the safety ball skills to be able to make plays like that, I think it's more valuable at safety. So Adderley's highlight reel, and again, you don't, we're not highlight scouting. We're actually mm-hmm. going to do full grading, I believe, on Adderley um, soon at Delaware. So we'll have yeah. more grades and numbers. But if you just look at some of his high-end plays and his ball tracking ability and the back end, just fantastic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we won't necessarily be able to see it this week unless he has an opportunity in the game on 20 or 25 snaps, but that's one of the things that teams should certainly be looking at from, from him. Yes, I, I do think he has that sort of highlight real ability that not a lot of a lot of the safeties coming out. You say, oh, you know, you can play quarters. He can you know, sometimes cover, come down and cover the slot, but they can't go from the middle of the field to the edge of the field. That, I think, is the most you know, valuable thing that you can do at the safety position. What about the rest of the safeties? Any other... <laughs> interesting names this is that this is i think it's becoming more of a value position i don't know what the numbers are showing but when you look at what derwin james and jamal adams can do when you have the the all-around safety that can truly do it all cover tight ends and do all these different things i think there is a ton of value if you're really good at it Mm -hmm. so i i like darnell savage i'll say from maryland he hasn't done great in the one-on-ones now he's only been a handful only six reps that we have him graded on but i think he plays extremely fast you see him reacting to underneath stuff very quickly comes up and is a big hitter uh, i like what i've seen from him graded out fairly well the past few years in our system never elite but i think there's traits there that i'm a big fan of um, going back to corner real quick if you if your team is still just enamored with six foot two plus corners there's isaiah johnson um and lonnie johnson isaiah johnson from houston who has really struggled uh, in one-on-ones, and then Lonnie Johnson from Kentucky. Kentucky was rolling two six-three corners out there this year. Yeah, I mean they've got a prototype. We talk about Josh Allen being a top-five potential pick there. Kentucky's added some ve- some very good defensive talent to that defense over the last couple of years. They were trotting two guys out there, um, Derek Beatty as well. But Lonnie Johnson's here in six-two, six-three with some pretty good yep, length Lonnie and grading. Well, has won yeah exactly won the most reps of any corner or safety in the one-on-ones this year. So that's something to look at um kentucky also has a couple safeties here as well so uh, mike edwards had a pretty good career there There's a reason as well. they had a career that kentucky was back and might be short-lived probably gonna yeah. drop off quite a <laughs> bit next year sorry kentucky football fans i know there's a ton of you watching here uh anything else to wrap up the defense i wanted to touch on a couple linebackers do you have any other defensive backs no that i mean, think that's that's about it linebackers similar to you're not going to see much in the way of run defense. Uh, maybe in the team drills, you can you get a handful of plays, but that's really, I mean, it's tough to discern. Again, we've seen them over you know 500 snaps against the run. You can see what they've done against the run already. Right. The coverage, the one on ones, they don't even get that many to do one on ones. They don't. It's and it's so. still if I'm going to watch something, that's what I want to watch. Tavon mm-hmm. Coney from Notre Dame, Cameron Smith from USC. They're both guys who are kind of, like I feel good about them as run stopper. I feel good about them in the run game. Um, Coney had a really good coverage grade last year, yeah. but the way Notre Dame's playing, it's a lot of like just close on the stuff underneath. Mm-hmm. It's not a whole lot of one on ones, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and just want to see he's not a 
freak athlete. By right. So it's, yeah. I just want to see what their athleticism looks like mm-hmm. in this More setting. Because Cameron Smith, I have concerns about him athletically as well. So it, for me, it's kind of watching Coney and, and Cameron Smith mm-hmm. in space, what their athleticism looks like against um, some pretty good a- athletes at running back. All right. So that'll do it for our defensive preview. As far as the Senior Bowl goes, let's do a little do a little my guys. Yeah, we sure. Might, let's do it. Repeat, we might repeat ourselves a little bit because we talked about these guys. Bit. But who is, you know, every week it's our guy that we would just want to go to bat for. We've been watching them. We're saying, hey, we like these guys quite a bit. Who are you watching this week? That's your guy that you want to go to bat for. Yeah, I mean, no secret. Andy Isabella from UMass. I called him a first rounder. If you're willing to take a guy like Brandon Cooks in the first round, Will Fuller in the first round, I don't see why you wouldn't be able to take Andy Isabella. He is that level of straight line speed. He's obviously never going to be a true number one receiver. I think you can, he's not going to be Julio Jones. He's not going to be A.J. Green. He's not going to be Odell Beckham. But at the same time, a guy like that is a complimentary piece in the offense, or even if he's your number one, I think you can do so much with him. And he stresses defense so much to where even when he's in the slot, he is a big play waiting to happen. You study how the Chiefs have used Tyreek Hill in terms of moving him from the slot to the outside and never really letting him get on on the line of scrimmage where he can be pressed if you give him free releases he's gonna torch you down the field he's gonna be a tough guy to guard because of how fast he is the jet sweep game and all that, that stuff too taking yes. over the nfl um my Speed, one is he not can. as good with the ball in his hands does he i don't know if he has that i call it you know screen vision you know some everybody likes to the, the patriot slot receivers welker back in the day it, it wasn't just their athleticism that worked. It was just that ability to see see mm-hmm. tight spaces and see blocks set up. I don't know if he was great at that in particular. Are we nitpicking too much, though? That's Yeah, I mean, he's not – yeah, I wouldn't put him at you know Golden Tate level in terms of if he's going to make much really tackles. He's not yeah. going to necessarily be that guy, but I do think he has enough to where you get him in space with his speed, it's still going to pick up a handful of yards. Cool. That's fair. Isabella, we'll continue to debate him internally. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see how high he lands on the draft board. Uh, my guy, though, this week, uh, watching a ton of Dalton Reisner from Kansas State, that right tackle I said I want, really want to watch at the Senior Bowl. Um, but watching him on film, as I said earlier, the, the don't care about length unless he, unless he uses it. He does. He's got incredible power. I think he's really smooth in the run game. Right tackles are as valuable as left tackles, so I think he could step in and mm-hmm. play right tackle right away. Uh, my only question is against those elite you know, bendy edge rushers didn't get to see it a ton, but I think he's got the tools to be good there. You know? I agree. I mean, I think he's a first rounder. I think he's a surefire first rounder. I don't feel as comfortable about him as I do Jenna Williams. If you want to put him at guard, so be it. I'm not going to argue too much with you because I think he'd be a very good guard as well. But I think he's just from what I've seen this week, what I've seen from him on tape, there's a lot to work with there. Awesome. Thank you for backing me yeah. up. A couple right, of first guys. round picks Dalton Reisner and Andy Isabella. We'll see what happens with Isabella. He'll be a good discussion point as we uh, get closer to the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we said, draft coverage is – it has begun. We'll be doing this at least once a week. As we get closer, we'll be doing it twice a week. Um, very curious to what the fans want to hear more of as far as the draft goes. We'll try Tell to cover – We'll have a lot of shows. We've got a lot of shows to fill. We've got a lot of shows to fill. <laughs> so what do you guys want to hear about? Do you want to hear more team-based stuff? Do you want to hear more player evaluations? Of course, as we get closer, we'll, we'll break down position by position – we will do team-based stuff. We'll do some more mock draft type things. But, you know, always open to, uh, to suggestions. So good stuff, Mike. Great. Great. Excited. Great second show. We're right into it. It's just, it's it. Mm-hmm. It's draft season. It's, oh, uh, it's the real thing. 
All right, that'll do it for us today. We'll be back Monday. We'll probably do draft Monday again next week, just to throw this on you. We'll do draft again Monday, review the Senior Bowl, review what we saw, talk a little bit more draft, and then we'll get Sam back in here next Thursday to preview the Super Bowl. That sound good? Cool. Just, just mapping out the plan for you. Thanks to everybody for listening. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back again Monday with some more draft talk. Everybody enjoy Senior Bowl week and Pro Bowl week. Senior Bowl is much better. See you guys Monday. Quick break to tell you guys about NFL Game Pass, the only way that you can replay every game all season long. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. So every game that we're talking about right now, you guys can rewatch it after the fact. I'm going to be going back, and you guys can too. Go check out Lamar Jackson in week one. Go check out Dak Prescott and what that Cowboys offense actually did. Go check out Kyler Murray and his NFL debut. That's my favorite thing about NFL Game Pass. You can go back and watch at any time. And if you haven't watched a condensed game yet, you have to try it out. It's every play from the game back to back to back so you can replay an entire NFL game in the fraction of the time it normally takes. It's how I'm able to follow all the MVP candidates, all the breakout stars, and, of course, your waiver wire pickups all season long. To see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Just sign up now at NFL.com slash Pro Football Focus NFL.